Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Hello and welcome to the PacMag Parents Podcast, Bree James with you. And on today's episode, our guest, Dr. Sarah Hughes, shares her tips on how to help kids cope with the constant messaging of doom and gloom, because it's everywhere. Now, remember to stay tuned for our weird, wacky and wonderful world of parenting segment. As my team, they've done it again. They've found the perfect device for your kitchen that will save you from the constant struggle of throwing away leftovers that you forgot to eat. And I've got another give it a go challenge for you this week that uh, will benefit as a beautiful photo album. So let's get into today's show. So unfortunately, in today's society, our children are faced with the constant messaging of doom and gloom, and so are we as adults, let's face it. And whether it be on the news, through the radio, or the big one is through conversation, our children just can't seem to escape this worrying topic easily. So how can we as parents help our children through these times while providing a safe and nurturing environment? Let's get Dr. Sarah Hughes. She's a respected clinical psychologist, author, and media commentator about how the constant negative messaging can affect our children and how we can help our children feel less anxious through these times. Let's get her on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So tell me, what should parents be shielding from our children? Because obviously there's so many messages of doom and gloom constantly out there, um, but you know, should we be shielding them? In part, yes, but in part, no. I think that it's like it is really important that we make sure that kids are a bit shielded from the just complete ambush of messaging, especially in the media and things like that. But also we can't shield them completely in terms of if they're going to be in the playgrounds at school and things like that. It's possible for them to get information that way. And I think it's about finding that it's a bit of a delicate balance, but find that in balance of helping kids have the information that they need to be able to process and understand what's happening but not so much information that's really overwhelming i've been talking a lot with parents about sort of saying if you think about if your family was going through a divorce there's certain information that you need to share with your kids and then there's certain information that they need to be protected from so obviously they need to know that mum and dad are going to be living in different houses now and they need to understand what's going to be the same and what's going to be different but we don't sort of want to expose kids to other parts of adult conflict around who's had an affair who hasn't what's happening with the financial settlement things like that um so it's a little bit like that when it comes to news in the world at the moment i think it's really important to figure out okay what's important for my kids to know what they might what might they actually be exposed to and what information do they need but what's the stuff that i maybe also need to protect them from because they don't need to get drawn into that level of kind of adult conflict it's so true because i know um you know i tried to have the least amount of uh, medium as possible so we didn't have the radio on we didn't have the tv on um i would just keep up to date on facebook um and through news sites and things like that but they were exposed to it and i'm like how do you know so much like they were keeping up with it uh every death every you know new case they knew about it's just extraordinary yeah Absolutely. And even if your kids don't have their own phone, other kids at school might have their own phones and their parents, you know, might be more lax than you are in terms of monitoring media and things like that. Kids have superhuman powers when it comes to listening, to when you don't want them to be listening, not so much when you actually want them to be listening. But so they pick up, they're just sponges, they pick up on all kinds of things as well. And so it's really important with that. And that's part of why it's important for them to have some degree of information because kids can kind of put one and one together and get 500 
hybrid as well. And so if they're getting bits, of, they're getting kind of drip fed information from in the playground or overhearing other adult conversations that you're not aware of, they might be sort of piecing those in, bits of information together in the wrong way. It's running around in their heads and it's kind of causing a lot of anxiety and stress. And especially for those kids that are a bit more vulnerable. So kids who are maybe have a bit more of an anxious temperament or a little bit more vulnerable to stress. They're also the kids that tend to be really sensitive to what's happening around them. They're really tuned in with what's happening with mum and dad. They're, they're very keyed into conversations and they kind of especially absorb that information. So definitely if you have a child with anxiety, these kinds of messages are especially important. Because doom and gloom media is everywhere and, you know, we can try and limit uh, what our children are exposed to. But what are some of the, the effects, I guess, of this constant doom and gloom messaging that's out there? Yeah, well, I guess same it is for adults in terms of it increases our, <laughs> increases our stress levels. And I think that even if you, I mean, I found for myself going through all of this, I was limiting my own media exposure because I'd open up and look at something and it's just, you scroll, you know, you Google something and you scroll through and there's so many different kind of catastrophic, you know, panic inducing headlines and it's immediate you kind of feel your chest get a bit tighter and you immediately feel really stressed that's exactly the same feeling that kids have when they're hearing the information whether it's on the news or whether it's in the playground and things like that and that kind of anxious messaging makes us really biased towards sort of um, more of a kind of threat focused way of thinking as well and it just becomes this really vicious cycle in terms of anxiety it's so true. I mean, my kids have become hand-washing fanatics, which I'm actually quite yeah. pleased with. But, you know, the fear of, <laughs> of this germ and things like that now has been, you know, it's quite stressful for them. Like they were suffering quite, you know, I think being able to be at home was a lot like the shift in there. It made a hell of a difference, I think, that Absolutely. had that lockdown. Um, yeah. They were so highly stressed at school in that lead-in. Um, yeah. And it's hard, it's really hard trying to find the balance because the thing is as well, we, without meaning to, a lot of what causes kids stress too is we give them a lot of mixed messages. So they, we might verbally be saying to them, you know, everything's fine. You don't need to worry. We're safe. We're healthy. You know, you don't need to worry about that. But then if we're also, every time they walk in the front door, we're like, okay, don't forget to wash your hands. And like, when you get to school, try to stay away from other people. And if, if they're getting those messages as well, it's very much like, well, which is it? Am I safe? Am I not safe? And the degree of uncertainty around even the information, that escalates stress as well. And and again, it's just kind of this compounding effect. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Good Start Early Learning. Good Start can nurture your little one right from the nursery through to kindergarten with the choices of a nine-hour, ten-hour or all-day session. Visit goodstart.org.au and inquire today. Mm. So... How can we explain just in general terms, I guess, about doom and gloom messaging in the media to our children? Because obviously, you know, we see wars, we see murders, we see so many horrific things um, in the media and hear it. Um, and as much as you try and shield your children from it, you know, the playground talk happens. So, you know, how do we explain to our children in a way that, you know, they understand and it sort of gets them to 
understand what's happening but not get so doom and gloom and worried, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, definitely. I think one of the first things is it's really important to have these kinds of conversations. I think sometimes there can be, it can feel like if I find a way to put an end to that conversation and distract them and start talking about something else and take their mind off it, that that's going to be really helpful. And for some kids it might be, but for a lot of kids also, they'll just continue to think about it and then not verbalise it to you. Um, and if we're not kind of starting these and initiating these conversations, there's no counter message. So the only messaging they're then getting is the doom and gloom from the media or what's happening in the playground. So it's really important for them to have something to latch onto that's a really strong counter message to all of that doom and gloom. And I think that's where as parents it's really helpful to try to have conversations. And it's tricky, don't get me wrong, like it does take a fair bit of forward planning to think about, okay, how am I going to break this down and make this really complicated adult issue, put that into simple kind of child-appropriate language? Like how do I – and it's tricky and it depends on – that. it differs for each issue as well. But really thinking ahead to how can I break it down? What information do they actually need to know? What do they not need to know about this situation? And then how can I maybe put that into words that they're actually going to understand? Which is, I mean, it's very well and good to say that, but like I said, it's actually, it's a really tricky thing to be able to do. But coming back to as well, sort of facts and logic is really important with kids. So kids are kind of smarter than we give them credit for often and sort of general reassurances like, oh, it's fine. You don't need to worry about that. It's not really going to cut it. That's not going to cut through any kind of stress and anxiety. We really have to give them something to, that they can actually latch onto and that makes sense to them. And that's when facts and logic come through. And I think being able to think to yourself, okay, why do I not need to worry about this issue? Or why do I know that this is something I'm protected from? And then using that same information, but obviously more child-friendly language, to then be able to alleviate your child's concerns as well. But definitely focusing on, on facts is really, really important. And often, I mean, <laughs> the media, I guess, would say that they do focus on facts, but often it's in such a like distorted way um, that it's not really kind of that <laughs> helpful. So coming back to basic facts and for older kids as well, sometimes it can be helpful to talk about actually the process of the media. So this isn't something that younger children will necessarily understand, but older children can start to understand, okay, media is it's a business and they want people to kind of buy their products because that's how they make money. And, and so the way that they get people to buy their products, especially during times of stress, is to sort of make the headline as crazy and as scary as possible because that's what's going to get people to click on it and that's how the business makes their money. And so there's kids that will actually understand that process too. Like I said, not so much younger kids but older kids. Um, and that can then also help to kind of diffuse some of the tension and it's a, it's a starting point for conversation too. If you're then driving in the car and there's some kind of ridiculous headline that comes across, you know, a news story, it's a news break in the radio show or something that you're listening to, you can then kind of make a joke of it and be like, gosh, I wonder like how long it took them to think of a big scary headline like that or something like that. It helps to diffuse it, but again, in a way that will actually make sense and something that a child can latch on to, not in just sort of like a general reassuring way, which won't necessarily cut it. So what advice have you got for parents then that, you know, their children obviously are getting overwhelmed by this negative media and this doom and gloom, uh, you know, things that just, because you are right, negative media has more attention than the positive media ever well. Um, so what advice have you got for parents who have a children that may be feeling anxious uh, to what's happening in our world right now? Yeah, I think when it comes down to kids who are feeling really anxious, definitely limiting um, media exposure where you can, but as we've already discussed, it's not always 
possible to do that in completeness. Um, definitely be having conversations. Again, especially when you know that your child's anxious about something, there's a tendency as parents, you want to protect them from what's making them feel anxious, which is going to make us err towards not having a conversation. And it can intuitively, that feels what's going to be most helpful, but it's almost the worst thing you can do because then your child doesn't have any counter evidence or counter information to help to allay their fears. So definitely making sure that you start conversations, have fact-based information. Um, I think separate from that too, being mindful of our own anxiety, um, which is certainly not a criticism. Like I would put my hand up and say that I've definitely had anxiety over, you know, since March. And it's about trying to be mindful of, is there a way that maybe I'm not even aware I'm doing it, but that I'm also communicating that to my child. Because again, it becomes confusing when there's a mixed message when you're verbally sort of giving a lot of reassurance. But if your child, and again, anxious kids really pick up on things like this, which is what makes it really tricky. But if your behavior or your even just the tone of voice that you're using, um, if that clues your child in that you're actually feeling quite anxious, they then become confused because uh, inadvertently you're sort of sending a message that there is actually something to be really worried about and there is danger out there, but then your words are saying something else and that confusion just only adds to the stress. And then as well, like I think we've all probably found, especially in the last few months, routine is actually so important. And I think it's one of those things that you read a lot about. Okay, routine is really important if you're feeling stressed or if you have an anxious child. But I don't think it's, I don't know, to me it always seems like it's such a small thing that I think we really underestimate how powerful it is. But I think over the last few months having... I think for everyone having had to, you know, break from the routine of going into the office and having to work from home and the huge upheaval to our routines, I think really speaks to the power of routine in terms of helping us to feel comforted and safe. And so uh, often it's not possible, like if there is lockdowns and things like that, but at other times really trying to keep routines as much as close as possible to, to normal and basic things like getting up, getting dressed, having breakfast, the evening routine and sort of, you know, shower, sort of shower or bath, like a, an evening book together or something like that. And then into bed, even things like that staying the same are really markers for kids that can help them to feel like they have a degree of control in a situation. And that's really important for helping them to manage their anxiety as well. Perfect point to end on. Uh, check out www.drsarahughes.com for more information. You've got so much uh, great advice there uh, on the show today, but also on your website, obviously. But thank you so much for sharing um, how we can cope with our, our messages of doom and gloom with our kids because, yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be around for a long time. Hopefully nothing further this year, but we'll <laughs> still six months. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> The weird, the wacky, and the wonderful in the world of parenting. We've all been there. We have leftovers after dinner, so we pile them into a container with the intentions to eat them the next day. But the next minute, you know, it's been two weeks and your fridge is starting to smell. So have no fear. Smartware is here. So this is a cool device that has a smart tag that fits onto your container, uh, which is fitted with an LED light ring that charges, changes color sorry, as time passes to alert you that your food is slowly going off. So when the tag is green, it means the food is fresh, tagged and good to eat. Yellow states that you should make this container priority when looking for something to eat. And when the yellow turns to red, you need to toss it as it's no longer edible. Uh, so these smart tags can connect to an app via your phone, which allows to tell you which tag and what food product is inside the container is connected to, making sure the time span for the product is correct and that you eat it in time and, you know, you're not going to get food poisoning and you're not going to have food waste. How cool is that? So the smarter wear. We'll put that in the show notes. 
Uh, emergency undies is always a good idea, whether it be for your little ones or even for yourself. But having a pair of undies in your bag can be embarrassing if they accidentally fling out with a tampon in the rush of trying to find your keys. Yes, I have done that before. Well, problem solved. You can get yourself a pair of metal tin instant undies. So these undies are squished down into to fit into a small metal tin. Now, once you open, you simply paste them into a glass of water. And within seconds, your undies have grown to the size that you require for your backside and you have a brand new pair of undies, but you have to dry them. That's the only problem. All right, this one is for those kids who really like coding or have an interest in STEM. So the Piper Computer Kit lets your child build their own computer while also learning some coding. So once they have completed the computer, there are guided challenges that they can participate in using Google's visual programming language. How awesome is that? So that's the Piper Computer Kit. If you're loving the PacMag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow PacMag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Pinterest. It's time for Bree's Give It A Go Challenge. For this week's challenge, I want you to take a photo of something that you are grateful for every day for a single week. At the end of the week, you can look back on these photos and remind yourself of what you're grateful for. You could print these photos out and put them into a photo book uh, so that every morning when you wake up for a friendly reminder to always be grateful. Pack Mag's tip of the week. Tip of the week is this one's a genius and will help you out in the future. So if you don't know what to get someone for their birthday, just let them guess three times of what you have got them and then bam, now you've got three ideas of what they want. You're welcome. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? All right, number one is like a relationship breakup. We can't tell our kids all of the details when it comes to doom and gloom type news. So six of the facts that they need to know. Uh, don't dumb it down for them. They're going to know. Um, they're pretty smart. So just stick to the facts and what they need to know and answer their questions as they ask them. Number two is explaining to your child the role media plays and, you know, what its role is, is to get your attention and they do it in a numerous amount of ways. Uh, and it's a money-making thing for them as well. So explain to your children the role media plays and that how it gets over-sensationalized sometimes so that they can understand that, you know, it's okay that they need to regulate and understand that it has its place, uh, but sometimes it's not as doom and gloom as the media makes out. And lastly, our children will hear doom and gloom messages and they need to learn to process them in a healthy way so that it doesn't give them anxiety and de depression in the future. So it's talking to our children so they understand the facts, what they need to know, and then making sure they're okay with it and they're not feeling overwhelmed. Well, that's the end of the show. I hope you loved this episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Remember, any important links can be found in the show notes. A big thanks to Dr. Sarah Hughes for coming on the show. It was wonderful to have you. But until next time, everyone, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. See you next time. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.